Well, hey, welcome to the Frankincense Podcast. This is Bobby. And this is Jared. And we are glad to be with you this day, whatever day you're listening to this. We're, it's, we're recording in the evening, but and I'm tired, and I know Jared's yeah. tired. We're, we are here to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, um, But hey, you know what? Uh, Jared, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you tonight um, recording and... Um, you know, for those who, those who don't understand, we we have other things that we do in our lives, and so our podcast is not the only thing we focus on. And so when we record, we record yeah. a lot of times um, after nine fifteen, nine o'clock at night, um, Eastern time, and then hopefully it comes up the next day. Um, I, so that's how that works. So um, whatever day we record, pretty much the next day it comes up. It does, um, and uh, for us, it's a it's a labor of love. I'd like to say it's a labor of love, but I think b- both of us agree we're just doing it for the money. <laughs> yes, we do this. We get we are getting loaded. No, not even close. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they always say fall money, and they're like, man, how can Jared have these opinions? He's got to be paid. Yeah, nah, just kidding. Uh, we make, we make no money. Uh, this is a. This is a side gig. In fact, uh, I think we pay a little bit each month to keep our podcast on the internet. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we, yeah. And so, if you ever feel like you want to support our podcast, um, let us know because we'd love to get your support. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, hey, it's, it's well worth it because Bobby, if I were going to pay for therapy, it would cost a lot more than this. And uh, talking <laughs> to you each week. Uh, definitely helps me uh, process the news. I always feel like, uh, you know, through our conversations, we're, we're able to get to some point in the Bible. Uh, I don't know if our listeners stick around for the entire uh, 45 minutes to an hour, but uh, we get somewhere at the end. I don't know how it happens. It's the grace of God. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it's your uh, leadership as a pastor, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's a uh, – my desi- my natural desire as a high school teacher to wrap things up in an hour, um, but but we always get there. So uh, I don't know where we're going tonight, but uh, you know there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, so I think um, we there's there's one major topic I want to address today. Um, so we've had the Democratic National Convention, and right now we have the Republican National Convention underway. In fact, tonight um, the the as we're recording right now. Um, uh, President Trump is supposed to be saying some things to get people rallied around him to, uh, I guess, basically say, hey, this is why we need to reelect him. Um, yeah. but, but one of the things that happened, um, I think it may have been last night, uh, from what I'm reading, um, it was last night, the Republican National Convention, our Vice President Mike Pence came on and, again, doing the normal you know, rally cry of America, you know, um, you're going to vote, vote for Republican, vote for what's going to keep our country right, you know, all that stuff that they say. And honestly, the Democrats said the same stuff, just in a different, using different stuff, you know, rhetoric to, to support their views. Um, but then the thing that we're going to talk about today um, is what Mike Pence did in his message, because Mike Pence is a Believer, he is one who professes to follow Jesus. He is the one. He is one who says that, you know, he has a firm understanding of of his relationship with Jesus Christ, and and he promotes that. He he shares that, and I'm not doubting that. Um, 
but he, yeah. but he did something at in his speech to bring people around the the patriot the patriotic idea of standing for America, being American, being a part of the United States, um, and he took scripture to to support that. Now, I don't have a problem with using scripture to support where you stand or why you stand a certain way. Um, and I'm going to quote the scripture that he was aiming to use. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, Pence used that scripture, um, and he yeah. and he paraphrased it. Well, yeah, and there was enough in it that it would have sounded very familiar to uh, church-going people. Yeah, um, but what he decided to say, and in his paraphrase, yeah. he swapped out Jesus, um, and this is, and, yeah. I, and I'm reading this from Relevant Magazine. They actually took his quote. They, he swapped out the term Jesus, the word Jesus, the name Jesus, the one that we follow, the the one who's our savior, the right. one who gave the name of Christianity, um, took his name right, out. Our on Jesus. Yeah, right. and he said, okay. so let's run the race marked out for us, said Pence. Let's fix our eyes on where Jesus was supposed to be. He says, let's fix our eyes on old glory and all she represents Let's fix our eyes okay. on this land of heroes and let their courage inspire. Now, um, yeah, the, now this is problematic, right? Now, later on, he does go on to bring about Jesus again and recognizing that, you know, we have the Spirit of the Lord who guides us and, is, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You know, he, he brings that up. But again, he's using yeah, the term. Looking at it. I'm looking at it now, and this is this is all part of the same quote. It was kind of like a remix. Yeah. It was kind of like a... An American remix of two scriptures. Yeah, and again, using the idea of freedom um, that comes only through Jesus Christ, the freedom that he, that's actually referred to in scripture, and taking that freedom and making it apply to America. Now, this is where it gets problematic, right? Because scripture is not just for America. Scripture is not just for us to make fit our agenda. And what is happening in this moment is that he is taking scripture to make it fit his Republican agenda, to either get people to stand for America, that for some reason we think it was, it, it, he thought it was okay, somebody thought it was okay, and many people actually are defending him in this, saying it's okay, that he took Jesus' name out of that section of scripture to put in an idea of old glory referring to the American flag, right? Um, yeah, that's a risky move, man. I I don't think I could do that as a as a public speaker without feeling like uh, that I was on pretty thin ice with with God and with the people who who worship God. Yeah. Now here's now before I go into some more about this, but let's kind of rem remind ourselves that just prior to the Republican Nas National Convention, uh, President Trump tweeted out. Uh, the Democrats removed God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh my goodness! So, 
So here we are. We turned the Bible into a pledge for old glory. Yep. Now, now oh my, like this is why it gets even more problematic, because oh my gosh, I it's like, it is more problematic. It's like man, oh we're criticizing people for taking uh, under God out of the pledge to the American flag, and we're putting the American flag in God's word. Right. What would be <laughs> what yeah. would be worse? Anyway, I'm sorry. No, like what what is actually worse? Like what's worse? Taking under God from the pledge of allegiance that was man-made that is that really yeah. I mean like okay, you know, yeah, we want that to be in there, but you know, it's like ah, it, it's man-made. It's just a pledge of allegiance to the it flag. Was man-made without the without the words under under God, by the way. Those were added later in um to combat the the hysteria that there were communists everywhere. <laughs> there you go. So then you say that well, they shouldn't take under God out of the pledge of allegiance, but it's okay to put the American flag in the place of our Lord and Savior's name in scripture. Where scripture clearly says you will not add nor take away from, <laughs> that you will not like like for some reason it's like again this is where we speak out of two sides of our mouths. We we talked about this the last time we were together. Is that we can get so mad at the other side for doing something, but yet it's okay and justifiable if our side is doing it. And this is the problem with politics infiltrating the church. Because now the church is, yeah. is now becoming a, basically a forked tongue, right? Um, it's where we, we want to say we stand for something, but yet when our political party or our people that are in the political spot uh, begin to yeah. um, get attacked or be called out or held accountable, then we feel attacked. And so now it's like, oh, no, this is just an attack on us. But he clearly – like this is not just – you know. Uh, um, somebody taking somebody else's words and making him go there. He clearly made that happen in his speech. He he clearly took Jesus out to throw in the American flag. And again, let's let's look at Hebrews twelve again. It says, um, "Where is it at? Um, the fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross." Yeah. But then what Pence when when Pence says. Let's fix our eyes on glory and all she represents. Let's fix our eyes on this land of yeah. heroes and let their courage inspire. Now, you're twisting scripture to make it fit something that's going to create um, an emotion, create some sort of visceral reaction from the evangelical people who are saying, yeah, this is the, this is the God party. Right. He's using the battle cry from scripture. And right. so scripture must be okay to be used to support our nationalism, our our patriotic view. And that was never, right. ever how the scriptures are supposed to be used. So I'm so I guess for me like I'm 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 struggling in this moment because I'm I'm looking at this going, you know, we Yeah. We need to be holding our leaders accountable for doing things, especially in this nature, if they're representing yeah. Christianity. Well, I, I'm not struggling as much because I feel like this isn't anything new. Um, it really plays into this idea that, uh, you know, America, um, the, the, the idea that America is God's country. It's, there are many of God's people in the United States of America, but 
America is not the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is worldwide and, you know, it transcends national borders. And um, I do think that it's pretty typical in this day and age to not know where Christianity if you grew up in America, you kind of grow up thinking that Christianity and America and even whiteness, uh, for a lot of us, um, we're kind of taught that white culture, Americanness, and Christianity are all together. That's all one and the same. So that if you get something that looks different from America, that can't be Christian. If you get something that looks different from Christianity, that can't be American. If you get something that looks like it's not part of like an everyday suburban white culture, that can't be Christian or American. <laughs> well, people who were raised like the way I grew up in the culture that I grew up seeing like a Ronald Reagan, um, an autographed Ronald Reagan picture in my Sunday school class, um, standing up and saying pledge of allegiance to the flag, uh, at the beginning of Sunday school, followed by pledge of allegiance to the Christian flag, pledge of allegiance to the Bible. We can all say that, but we really, and singing songs like, uh, you know, I'm in the Lord's army, um, which is not about militarism, but it's not, you know, it's not a tough leap as a kid to sort of connect that to militar- militarism, you know. Um, we sort of grow up thinking all those things are mixed together, and unless you're, unless you're put into a situation where you're, you're shown that that isn't true, um, you know, it's easy to think that, that America and the kingdom of God are one and the same, and that the American flag has always represented something Christian. Yeah, and and I think that. And, and, oh, good. And, and and honestly, what what is more obvious, you know, isn't it more obvious that uh, we're we're turning the American flag or what it represents into an idol? <laughs> yeah. uh, in that very sentence, I mean, that's exactly what it is. And instead of running the race so as to get the prize, keeping our eyes on Jesus, and the race is, you know, uh, obedience to Him. You know, the, the race is following him. Uh, you know, the race is like going crazy for following the commandments and the great commission of Jesus. This is let's take that and let's go crazy for the, for America, man. Let's go crazy for, you know, the history uh, of this land, the heroes, you know, let their courage inspire us. And, you know, this this really really starts to tap into why people get really squeamish when you start to talk about uh, the uh the bad parts of American history, you know, um, a lot of people are just really denying that story and done with that story. You know, that we, that, that we as a nation, I say we, cause I, I'm part of this nation, but that we as a nation have ever done anything wrong. You know, we really have to make ourselves feel like the way we tell America's story is that America has always done right. Or if we did wrong, it was with good intentions that all of our wars were just or for the right reason. You know, and so, you know, and I'm saying this as as a military veteran, you know, I mean, I have been part of of the group, you know, I've been part of the group that defends the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You know, I took that oath and I obeyed it for four years. Um, You know, there was there was something in me when I took that oath that I believed that if I could get America to win, it was a win for God. It was mm. it was serving Jesus somehow, you know. I, I no longer think that, but I would say a lot of people who are attracted to uh, the types of stuff that um, 
Trump and uh, Pence are promising probably do feel that way. Yeah. In, there's actually a study that um, just came out, or uh, maybe it was an article in The Atlantic, maybe. Um, maybe that's what it was, an article in The Atlantic, that, that talked about the idea of one of the reasons why evangelical Christian leaders are standing up for Trump is that the way that he promised power, the way that he promised power to return to the hands of Christians. Um, Yeah. And because of that, when power is being offered to Christians, when we want to have a a place, you know, we want to be held up in esteem and we want people to bow down. We want people to bow down to God. At least that's what we're going to say. Yeah. But I think when we people, when we, when we, I think when a lot of Christians, um, or not a lot, when some of these evangelical Christians are saying, every knee shall bow, sometimes I'm wondering if that they're just liking the idea that they're going to be standing next to God as every knee is bowing, right? Right. And, and they're going to sort of say, like, look, I, yeah, and it's a, it's a mistake that the disciples made when, you know, they asked, I think didn't two disciples have their mother ask, or yeah. their mother prompted them to ask Jesus, like, "Hey, let one of my sons sit on your right hand, the other side, the other son sit on your left hand." I mean, it is just in our nature, even as Christians, to just want to, I maybe gain power by association with God. You know, like <laughs> check this out. You know, sit beside Jesus and go every knee bow. That's my boy right there. You know, I mean, that's that's the draw of being the sidekick. You know. <laughs> Well, that was and, and uh, th- those two brothers wanted to be Jesus's sidekicks for eternity, man, sitting on either side of the throne, you know. Well, and that was the downfall of Judas too, right? Because Judas wanted Jesus to be like the all star, you know, and he wanted him to step up, and that was right. and he was getting mad because it was like, wait a second, like you're supposed to be getting me some popularity here, you know, like I want yeah. to get popular, and you're not letting it happen, and so you know it, it was. It, all of this was going on, and even like even when Satan was trying to tempt Jesus, he was kind of bringing out that whole thing of, look at everything you could have, look at all the popularity you can have, look at all the fame you can have, look at all the land you can have. And Jesus was like, this isn't this isn't what I'm here for, you know. And and so that's why he was able to defeat Satan because he was able to say, I'm not falling for these tricks. But human beings, right. this is these are the tricks that we fall for is that we yeah. hear the power language. We hear the, yeah, let's keep our eyes focused on old glory because if yeah. old glory is like Jesus and Jesus is going to, you know, and it's like all of a sudden it's like we hear these words and we start, if you say them enough, people are going to believe it. And we start to believe that America yeah. is going to be around forever. And we start Listen, to believe. I, I love America, but there's no way I'm trading Jesus for America. There's no, no way. No, but but see, right there though, people will say, "Well, you're not a patriot, right?" Because because didn't say that. I hope that Jesus would say, "I'm a patriot of the kingdom of God." And and I think that's that is and that's where our first idea should go is that, well, am I selling myself for a flag, or am I selling out for the kingdom of God? And we have to figure out what do we stand for, right? Because I think that's the biggest picture that I think a lot of people are getting, getting messed up. I heard somebody share a story like 
um, one of the reasons why they're standing for, for Trump. And, and there's like 72% approval rate right now or, or the idea of saying they're going to vote for Trump on the evangelical side. And, okay. and many of them have actually said that the reason why is not because they like him or not because they actually approve of what he says or does, but because he is the only, right. only candidate who will be pro-life. Um, and 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 keep people from killing babies, right? This is that is their mindset. And now, the the thing, yeah. statistically, what some people don't like hearing is that um, less abortions actually occur when there's been a democratic leader in place. But that's a whole other story. Um, but a lot of that, yeah. a lot of it has I, been, that's fascinating. But the, a lot of that has to do with the fact that because when the Democrats are in charge, they do a lot more welfare stuff that cares for all levels of. People anyway. I don't want to get into all that, but in this episode, but okay. the but the reality of it is though is that there, there's there's stuff that points to that. But people won't vote for Democrats because they feel that the Republican Party is the party that's going to keep, you know, abortions from happening. Well, I heard somebody share that, you know, majority of the people who say that they're going to vote that way, that's why they're doing it. But they've said that um, they're sharing a story of somebody who had to go get an abortion, and when they walked to the abortion clinic. That they had, um, you know, the Christians there with their picket signs saying, you're going to hell, you're a baby killer, all this stuff. And they walked in, they had the abortion, and then they walked out the back door, and after having to make that decision, they were devastated. And after walking out the back door, there was nobody there waiting for them. Now, this is where, and then the conversation, I want to say I heard this on the Relevant podcast, but I'm not 100% sure. I I get them all mixed up. But I was hearing the story being yeah. told. But one of the things they said was, this is where we have to figure out, are we really pro-life or are we just anti-abortion? Because pro-life right. will say, we're going to meet you at the back door and we're going to walk with you through this struggle and this trial. And we're right. going to say, how do, we, how do we encourage you? How do we, how do we support you? How do we, how do we lift you up in this time? Yes, we were trying to talk you out of doing it, and probably not doing it in the best way, but we were trying to talk you out of it. You made the decision, but now how do we walk alongside of you to let you know that you're loved, to let you know that we can help you maybe, hopefully, never be in this position again, right? And But the reality of it is that that's not happening. And so we have to find out where do we really stand on the idea of pro-life, pro-choice, anti-abortion, pro-abortion, whatever you stand for. The reality of it is is that we have to figure out, are we standing on things that are actually what God would want us to stand on, or are we just saying things that we think he, he would want us to fight for? Um, and yeah. and I think what, what's going on is Pence is, is utilizing some scripture to get people to hear it in their mind. Wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's scripture. This is why I love this party because they love God, although okay. they took Jesus out of the line. Um, so it, it comes all full circle to us basically saying we have to know where what are we what are we falling on what are what are we actually falling for from a lot of these politicians? But what are we falling on? Are we falling on what Jesus yeah. actually teaches us to fall on, or are we falling on things that make us think that well, well, this is what it sounds like Jesus would believe. Man, I mean, this is to me feels like the classic example of you know gain the whole world but lose your soul, um, because 
you know, the promise of power. As I read the rest of his quote, um, I mean, I, I think I think power is alluded to in the way he uses freedom, uh, the word freedom. Because mm. he says, let us fix our eyes on this land, let, uh, let this land of heroes, let their courage inspire us, and let us fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, get into a, another scripture, and never forget that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that means freedom always wins. Hmm. But what kind of freedom is he actually referencing? I, does he mean personal freedom, um, political freedom, financial freedom, you know, economic freedom? Um, this, I mean, does he mean freedom from socialist programs? Uh, does he mean freedom from communism? Um, does he mean freedom from being afraid of looters? I, I think that's probably what he means, right? Um, do, does he mean freedom from the bondage of sin? Um, I'm sure he would say, yeah, I do mean that, but I don't think that's how it comes across in this sentence. Well, the thing is, unless people are educated in the scriptures um, and educated in what, he, what he's actually referring to, no, yeah. it's not going to come off that way. They hear freedom, they instantly go Braveheart. You know what I mean? Um, they instantly they right. instantly go to the battle the battlefield of Braveheart where we right. need freedom. Or another Ralph Gibson movie, The Patriot. <laughs> right. right. But, but yeah, and I think that freedom, sometimes when we think power or when we get the illusion of power, it's like, like listen, my side's in charge. My side's winning. Um, it's, uh, it's freedom for me. Personal freedom is, is a type of power, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just what I think people I just think that's what I I think that's what people are feeling when they get this sort of promise of freedom maybe freedom from I don't, I don't know what freedom is to people I guess I, freedom from higher taxes <laughs> uh, because I mean the way I look at it as a Christian I'm never going to be free to walk away and do my own thing ever because I always must serve the poor I always must help the sick i always must put care of the elderly before anything i want to do um i always must ask myself may i eat meat in front of this person or will it cause them to sin i must always ask myself can i drink wine around this person or will it cause them to sin i don't see where there's any day-to-day freedom in the christian life except to know the the freedom uh, which is defined in a person of Christ himself, right. freedom in Christ, you know, that I'm free in all these other ways. That spiritual bondage is gone. That condemnation uh, to hell is gone. And that that separation from my creator is gone. There's freedom in that. And there will be uh, whatever freedom we miss out on in this life by suffering, uh, by being murdered, by serving Jesus. Um, we can we can bet that we get that. Um, in, in ways that we can't imagine in eternity somewhere else but to fix my eyes on old glory today so that I can have some sorry definition some sorry worldly definition of freedom now um, no thank you you know I would rather have uh, the freedom in Christ than the freedom that old glory will promise for as long as I can uh, make sure the Democrats don't win an election <laughs> Yeah, the idea of where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Again, basically saying that the Spirit of the Lord is only present in the United States when freedom is experienced. And, again, using that term, like you said, I think you're very, very right. Because 
he's using the term that they've been really threatening, saying that if the Democrats take over, freedom will be gone. You won't be free. You won't be free. You're going to lose the freedom to have a gun. You're going to lose the freedom to protect yourself. You're going to be losing the freedom to worship correctly. Um, all right. this stuff, and they're Some using. Some people even think it's like losing the freedom to say "Merry Christmas" or something like that, right? Yeah, and so again, he's hijacking scripture in order to promote an agenda, and this is where I'm. I'm kind of I'm at the point now where it's like, look, if we aren't awake to this, there's a problem. If we aren't aware of the fact that. Scripture is being used to manipulate, to kind of get us into a rally cry, and it's not for the kingdom of God. It's not for the church. It's not for serving the poor. It's not for um, you know making sure the hungry are fed. This is for us to maintain power, to maintain authority, and we don't have a gospel that tells us to fight for power. We don't have that. It's never done that. Because, again, we can look to Jesus, who is the one we should be looking to to guide us. And when Jesus had people coming to him saying, we want to make you king, we want to make you king, what did he do? Did he say, that's right, I'm Jesus, make me king, suckers? No, he didn't do that. He was like, peace. He walked out. (laughs) He stepped out of the crowd and walked away from them, right? Because why? Because he didn't want to be king on this earth. Because he didn't have, this isn't where, that wasn't his purpose. And he didn't want his people to get pompous and arrogant. And he's always fighting against arrogance and fighting against pride. And Christians who look at this and say, we need to have our power, we are now allowing our pride to overtake us. And we're watching people who have had pride in their Christian faith starting to fall and there's a purpose behind that because the pride comes before the fall, right? Um, that's that's actually in the Bible too. And so when we, you know, I don't know, I'm just, I'm looking at this saying we have to be better at at honoring, honoring Scripture. Um, and my final point, and this is kind of a funny one, ironic one, and sad one, all rolled up into one point. So I don't know if you've heard about this thing that just came out, but it was called the Gen Z devotional. Um, put up a. Okay. Did you hear about this? No. But okay. It's, it, the, the title is interesting. Oh man! So, so if you aren't following a guy by the name of Cool, uh, cool Carl, C O O L C A R L L on Instagram, um, he, he's probably on TikTok too. I don't know, but I know Instagram for sure. If you aren't following him, follow him because the dude is hilarious. He's a youth pastor. I believe they're out of Florida. They have an organization called Sunday Cool. Uh, they make t-shirts and stuff like that. Anyway, they came up with this devotional called the Gen Z Devotional. And what they were doing was taking scripture and making it fun in a way, um, but then also bringing about the real like the real translation alongside of it. And it's, they referred to God as Cat G. Like, you know, it was, it's, really, it's really funny. Like, the, the whole thing is hilarious. Um, but anyway... Life, um, Lifeway, I think, right? Is that is that this uh, Christian bookstore? I guess. Um, yeah. Lifeway Christian Books had the the contract with them, and they were going to publish it. Well, 
there were a bunch of Christian people who got wind of it and they got offended by it and they said that they're losing the reverence of scripture by making this Gen Z devotional. Now, they had never seen the devotional. They had never seen anything inside of it because it hadn't come out yet. They just heard some of the stuff that was being said by Cool Carl, right? Um, and so, right. so anyway, Lifeway said, um, we made a bad decision. We're not going to uh, publish this book. Now. Okay. Now. This is where the irony comes in. Like, this is, it's funny that, okay, this Gen Z devotional is going to be made. It's sad that there are people who got offended by it before even looking at it. But here's the irony of it. They were going to pull off a devotional that could possibly encourage the Gen Z people who are leaving the church to actually go into scripture and maybe dig into it a little bit more, laugh about some stuff, but at the same time learn about some stuff and gain a deeper understanding. But because, you know, the words was, were, were humorous, they were saying, well, this is irreverent. But those same people are also the people who would say that it was okay for for Pence to take Jesus' name out and put old glory in to promote the, the Republican Party, Republican side. That's where the irony comes in. It's funny, it's sad, it's ironic, and I feel like for us as Christians, we need to start figuring out where our battles are going to lie. Um, I said that was going to be my last point, but I'm a pastor, so I have my, my second last point coming right now. We need to be holding our leaders to a higher standard, especially if yeah. they claim to be Christian and especially if they have a platform to be using Scripture. If we're going to be willing to hold the everyday person accountable for misquoting Scripture or to be misusing Scripture, you don't know how many times I've heard people try to correct others for using Jeremiah 20.11. Oh, that's not about you. That's for the people of Israel. You know, like... You know, okay. he know, he knows the plans right. of Israel, not the plans of you. Blah blah blah. Like, don't okay. like, don't put yourself. Oh, so they want you to like they want you to take it in context. <laughs> right, right. So they'll go ahead and make yeah. make sure that you understand the context of that and put it in the right place for people who use it. But then, if they're not gonna, if they're gonna hold an everyday person who's still learning scripture to that point, but they're gonna be able to kind of, oh well, it's okay. Let's justify it for a vice president who's on my political side again. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. We need to start holding right. people accountable to knowing Scripture, using it correctly. Don't, don't try to use it to, to promote your agenda or promote your purpose because the Scriptures are for the purposes of God and for the purpose of God only. It is not for our purpose to be able to use to make people feel better or to manipulate to fit how we want it to fit. It's for God to speak to us through his yeah. spirit and that's all it's there for and if we can't see that if we allow people to hijack it and we don't hold them accountable to it then we are just more we are just as much part of the problem as anybody else yeah well there you go well <laughs> there you go as we're sitting here talking about it you know I'm thinking about I, you know I come back to this a lot uh Shane Claiborne tweets this every once in a while, I think, as a reminder. And uh, but I think it. I think the first time I, I read these words by him, uh, I think they're in the the book, The Irresistible Revolution, uh, which is which has been out for a few years. I want to say maybe twelve, fifteen years. 
And he said, I can't imagine Jesus waving an American flag any more than I can imagine him wearing a God bless Rome shirt. <laughs> Patriotism is too small. Our Bible doesn't say for God so loved America. It says for God so loved the world. America first is a theological heresy. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. And that's why I like Shane Claiborne. And I would love to see if we get Shane Claiborne on this podcast one day. How cool would that be? <laughs> I'd like to have uh, and his buddy, uh, Jonathan Wilson Hargrove. But, uh, you know, let's let's be honest. We've got, we've got a few that uh, you're in our own social circles and we need to get lined up for this podcast we need to start hearing some words from some of these other folks don't we yes yes we need to start making making some of those people now commit you have you have some big family changes coming up i'll just let you add more to that if you want but i know that you do and i got i got i got some big uh i got some big uh we'll say professional commitments to honor (laughs) like a school semester yeah (laughs) coming up here and uh, in fact, I'm already back to school, uh, waiting for the kids to come. Uh, we're just hoping all goes well with what we're doing with uh, safety precautions and COVID-19. We're trying, uh, but um, you know, life will get pretty sticky for us. But I don't know. I'd I'd like to come back. I'd like to come back with a few guests and uh, get some roundtable discussions here. And maybe one of these days, uh, the world will be healthy enough that we can sit in the same room together. But until then, we'll just keep skyping. Yeah, we we had big plans of doing a live podcast where we invite people to come and sit and join in the conversation, and uh, and we still that have... was before we knew about that was before we knew about COVID nineteen. But uh, <laughs> I see that you've kept pretty busy anyway. Uh, you know, having some uh, Zoom discussions uh, with people about some Christian things, and uh, you know, I, I gotta get to uh, I gotta get to uh, listen to. Uh, I saw you. You were in a video with a, a pastor the other day, and uh, looked like something I wanted to be tapping into. So, yeah, we never got to do the live stuff, but uh, seems like you're uh, fighting a good fight out there, Bobby. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, and um, you know, as, as I've said before, I think on this on this podcast, and I've, I've shared on social media, but um, you know, Jesus came and he flipped over tables and. We're all good with them flipping over tables until it's our own, and I think that um, we we have a we have a place yeah. to where we have to start flipping over some tables, and and I'm in that position right now. I think where I'm starting to say, you know what, I don't care anymore. I think it's time for me to start flipping over some tables, and and even if it's mine, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, but I, sense that, I sense that you're not doing it out of political frustration. Um, you know, I sense that you're doing it out of love, and you know, I, I see some people out there, people in seminary getting kind of you know provoked and 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 upset about the things that are going on you know we had a you know brother in christ today um just really lamenting all that's going on out there uh in kenosha wisconsin which uh, i assume we're probably going to talk about in our next episode yeah and uh you know he has every right to feel that way it's just it's just heartbreaking but i do believe that this guy's going into seminary and i hope it's going to lead to more more pastors out there uh you know, like yourself, who are just ready to, to speak out about these things. I, I don't see this guy being quiet once he gets ordained. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you actually did that segue because, yes, next episode we will be talking heavily about Kenosha. Um, I think it needs to happen. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be said there. But, um, you know, and 
I think our next episode will probably be our last one for a couple weeks or so um, after school gets back into gear. And then, yes, we do have a new baby coming in. And I'm willing to share that. We do have another baby coming. And uh, probably by the time you listen to this episode, um, the baby might actually be here. I don't even know. Um, so, but probably not. I don't know. But it all depends what happens. <laughs> but I hope it does come when, it, when it's supposed to come because it will be awesome. But uh, we are, yeah, so when that happens, we'll be busy. I'm also going into an ordination class in you know here soon too, so it's like just a busy schedule. But we will be back um, after our next episode. But um, there's at least this one and then one more coming next week, so we're we're looking forward to that. So an ordination course, I, I assume they're going to ask you if you want to run the race so as to uh, please old glory. Um, actually, from what I'm understanding, they are I'm required to wear an American flag shirt or bandana. <laughs> the entire the entire class so um so yeah Man, how is how is that not a wwe character a <laughs> pastor whose whose suit is made out of an american flag like the bible thumper why is that not a wrestler dude okay so because i'm a huge wrestling fan i'm gonna tell you right now yeah there was not necessarily a a patriot preacher they've had a preacher right. character but recently though in like the past like four or five years they've had a character who was a patriot who would put his hand over his heart and he had a american flag and um pretty um i don't know volatile i guess you can say toward uh foreigners it was pretty it was pretty interesting it was pretty interesting but um yeah, I don't think that would play yeah. out very well right now. I think it would be really bad to actually try to make that happen. So, um, But that's that. Well, hey, man, Jared, great conversation. Um, again, yeah. people, if you're listening and you enjoy what you're hearing, please like, share um, this podcast uh, wherever you listen to it um, because the more people who are able to catch wind of it and listen in, uh, the better. Um, so anyway, this has been a, a great conversation um, yeah. So thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jared, for for all you bring to the table on that, man. Yeah. Um, well, man, uh, good to talk to you again, Bobby. I uh, look forward to talking to you uh, next episode. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, you've been listening to the Frank Says Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. We'll talk to you later. Bye.